Coming up on This Week in Games, it's fundraising season with a number of companies raising a very large amount of money. Microsoft and Ubisoft have their earnings, and Niantic acquires yet another company. Coming up This Week in Games. Welcome to This Week in Games. I'm Eric McConnell here to break down all your video game goodness for the week. And we have a pretty numbers-driven episode this week. Starting it off, we have Microsoft Gaming Revenue in for the fiscal year. Microsoft enjoyed a 14% year-over-year increase to the tune of $10.35 billion. Xbox revenue was up 36%, so probably mainly drove the Microsoft gaming revenue, and it was mostly driven by third-party releases. So it's pretty interesting. Most people would probably buy third-party releases on PlayStation, but I think Microsoft secured a lot of first-launch kind of deals with these companies so that games would launch for one, three, or six months exclusively on Xbox and then launch on PlayStation. And gamers are, you know, just sheep, so of course they just went to the first console that a game came out on. Pretty good strategy by Microsoft. Ubisoft blows Q1 estimates out of the water. So this is a pretty interesting story. Estimated $410 million, ended up with $444 million. The real story was digital net bookings made up about 75% of that at $334 million. And now, you guys, if you've listened to this uh, podcast before, you know how much I hate Ubisoft. We'll take it over to the Ubisoft CEO for scummy words of the week. We had a record first quarter, which exceeded our expectations. This performance was fueled by steady growth from our back catalog and excellent momentum and PRI, or player recurrent investment. Once again, confirming the increasingly recurring profile of our business and ever greater success of our digital transformation holy crap that was the stupidest line i've ever heard if you want to like dceo what he just said he basically said hey guess what we figured out we don't actually have to make new games because gamers are so stupid we can just keep releasing the same shit over and over again and keep holding off major chunks of game as as dlc and release them for 60 dollar chunks and people will buy them yeah i hate ubisoft so much i can't believe they actually call it player recurrent investment instead of just saying like we sold dlc content god this company all right let's move on before i go off on a ubisoft tirade all right big news of the week Niantic acquires another company because it has too much money. So as Pokemon Go reaches record uh, revenue incoming, Niantic decides it doesn't want to pay taxes on this money. So it's just going to start acquiring companies. Either At this point, I have to think these are friends of the Niantic board members or Niantic's dodging taxes. It's one of the two. This makes no sense. So Niantic acquires Seismic Games. The developers of the mobile game Marvel Strike Force didn't do much. And the VR project Blade Runner Revelations. I'm assuming this is called a VR project instead of a VR game because it's probably just like some kind of quick demo experience with the Blade Runner IP that was like set up 
maybe in amusement parks and other things to hype up the movie. Now, for those of you who don't remember, this is the fourth acquisition in nine months by Niantic, which uh, may be a This weekend Games record. Are they trying to become the next Tencent? We haven't had a Tencent acquisition of the week in a while, and now we're starting to get Niantic acquisitions of the month. Uh, we'll have to see what happens, Niantic. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get on Tencent's heels. So, as I mentioned in the pre-roll, it's fundraising season. Why is it fundraising season? I don't know. But this week we had a ton of fundraisers, a um, ton of companies getting seed rounds, getting round A, round B, and some companies just raising money for, I don't know, it seems like the sport of it. So let's start with the biggest fundraiser of the week. App Lovin takes $400 million in investment. This $400 million was led by KKR & Co. of all companies, the famous private equity titan, on an evaluation of $2 billion. Why is that important, that $2 billion? Because eight months ago, App Lovin was almost acquired by Orient Hantai Capital for an evaluation of $1.4 billion. They were able to ward that off probably by borrowing money. And KKR invested $400 million in them. So for those of you who don't know, AppLovin tries to describe itself as a discovery platform. It's pretty much just an ad platform. I guess AppLovin doesn't specifically target games. It targets all apps. But obviously, you have to imagine games are the highest driver of its revenue because, I mean, who else profits more from, you know, an install than a game, right? So games probably have the highest cost per install on their platform. Games also probably have the highest LTV or lifetime value per the users that they drive these installs for. So games is probably their biggest uh, kind of category. But why is this interesting? So... The $400 million that KKR and Co. invested, and other people, but it was led by KKR and Co., is going straight into AppLovin's publishing wing that they recently started. I reported on this last week that AppLovin was going to start a publishing wing. I thought it was weird, and then I went into a rant on how indie game publishing is terrible. But now it leads an interesting question. So they have $400 million. They're going to start publishing games. But how can a discovery pack? platform expect to keep its customers if it starts publishing games on the platform that it in fact needs people to pay for discovery i mean like are people actually gonna pay to compete with some company's own games it'd be like if google adwords (laughs) just decided well for free we're just gonna promote all of google's websites um on adwords so you're gonna have to pay to compete with google but you're going to actually have to pay money and Google's just we're just going to have our own sites on there for free. <laughs> like what what are the game companies thinking that actually use AppLovin for customer acquisition when AppLovin is now publishing games to compete directly for them and controlling their exposure? It's just ridiculous. It it sounds like honestly it sounds like that their entire platform isn't making enough money and they're slowly trying to pivot away because it makes no sense from a business standpoint why you would kind of just give the finger to all the clients who pay you currently but i don't know i guess we'll see we'll see when that first app loving big hit (laughs) comes out 
All right, next fundraising. NetEase buys a minority stake in JumpShip. JumpShip is known as the developer of the sci-fi adventure Somerville. Uh, it's a pretty weird little like uh, story-driven 2D. Um, I don't know. It's a story-driven game. What do you want? <laughs> but JumpShip, like everyone else, why do you partner with NetEase or Tencent or a lot of these other companies or SoftBank? Well, NetEase says a partnership with, or sorry, JumpShip says a partnership with NetEase is essential in a breaking into the Chinese market. And what do we always say on this show? Giving Tencent or NetEase or any of these other companies five to ten percent of your company is much cheaper than actually paying whatever it would take to get into the Chinese market. And they're going to get you access to potentially a billion customers. So, if you want to enter the Chinese market, that's your avenue. <laughs> um, next up in fundraising, FRVR raises $3 million for HTML5 games. This is hilarious because I didn't know people were making HTML5 games at the tune of $3 million. But FRVR's main focus is Facebook Messenger and WeChat. They also say, obviously, because it's HTML5, they can release in the browser. Their big hit, Basketball FRVR, has 5.6 billion play sessions with a monetization of question mark because who knows like <laughs> how are you going to monetize these commodity games if basketball frvr let's say it becomes a smash hit right it would take 2k games all of five seconds to whip together some kind of nba branded ip basketball 2k games for facebook messenger and crush um frvr like an ant I assume, I mean, this is a stretch, but when you think of these Facebook Messenger games, WeChat games, okay, they're either lightweight and they can monetize on free-to-play stuff, so they have in-app purchases. You can use all the same mechanics and techniques that you find in mobile games on these, but they're so lightweight and so commoditized, it's really hard to build like an experience that people are going to feel loyal to or people are going to feel immersed enough to drop serious money in. So I imagine the best use of them is actually drive people to other games. And this brings us back to App Lovin. Like this could be something App Lovin does. Why doesn't App Lovin just buy all these Facebook Messenger game companies, acquire a bunch of users and their billions of play sessions that aren't worth any money, and then send those users to various other games as part of their discovery platform. So effectively, these games are just cheap UA for all these other companies. I don't know. Just a thought. AppLovin, if you want to contact me, I'll write you a little business strategy proposal. Just a thought. All right, next up, fundraising. Fundraising. Blast raises $12 million in seed funding. This is a really weird and interesting business. So Blast describes themselves as an earn-as-you-play business. And you're going to read a mumbo-jumbo quote. Okay, Blast is the first high-yield savings account for gamers. Gamers will be able to earn money in three ways through the app. First, interest paid on balances. Second, dividends from missions. And third, weekly leaderboard payouts for the top 25% with up to $1,000 for first place. So this is it's a weird, 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 weird concept. There's basically like you have a savings account or just a balance account. I don't know why they call it a savings account. And like when you pay, I guess, your bills, you get kind of like some money 
off that. When you complete special missions, you get dividends, which I don't know why they call it dividends. And then weekly leaderboards pay out. Um, I imagine what they're doing is this is a third-party kind of game loop enhancer, meaning like they have some kind of premium currency or some kind of offerings from a third party outside of the game, possibly to multiple games and multiple platforms that allow developers to then enhance and super encourage their game loops. So if you like melt cows in Farmville, right? Not only are you going to melt cows, let's say you complete a special melt milking cow mission then you get dividends from that mission and then those dividends can then be paid to maybe get extra troops and clash of clans that's how i kind of see this working it wasn't very well described by blast um on their uh seed fundraising statements so we'll have to see it's a pretty interesting but like all of these things it all depends on who you can sign up so if you're going to have this like cross-platform special currency or special savings account for gamers who are you going to sign up what games can you do this with if it's just with each joe schmo like indie developers it's not going to do anything so let's see what blast does all right next octai raises 7.5 million in seed funding ar it's an ar startup ar startups are killing it with fundraising this year and last year I would just attach AR to everything. If you want money, go tell them you're doing an AR company. <laughs> go tell these VC companies, hey, I'm doing an AR company. What do you do in an AR, man? Um, AR whatever, AR basketball, who cares? And they'll just be like, okay, here's your here's your $7.5 million. And then you go and actually make the game you want to make and say, uh, I strategically pivoted. <laughs> Anyways, Octai claims... As a proprietary method for recreating 3D space using the human body in your cell phone. Sure, I'm sure you do. I'm sure that's going to come really useful in mobile games because that's what we want to do is just spin around in a circle and create 3D space. All right, next up, Kling, Kling Games raises $8.75 million for AI-driven space colonization MMO. And if you think AI-driven space colonization MMO sounds familiar... You either A, need to stop doing drugs, or B, have been listening to This Week in Games, and remember that I reported earlier in March that Kling Games raised $5 million in their seed round um, for this same AI-driven space colonization MMO. I went into the game, what it was, went into like how technical and hard this would be to do, and it's not really great to see them get even more money than their seed round this early so they got 5 million now they're getting 8.75 million i see no product in sight i hear no launch date and mmos are insanely expensive especially mmos that have some like weird obscure ai promise that they're probably not going to hit and this is a drop in the bucket like in the grand scheme of things of how much mmos cost to develop so I don't, like, can I short cling games? There should be, like, a betting pool for, like, is this company going to be around in three years and allow me to just bet on cling games, never delivering a product and basically lighting money on fire. All right, finally, this isn't a fundraising. This was an acquisition. Ikee 
I'm sure I'm not pronouncing right, Ike acquires Sky Moons for $190 million. So, and on top of the $190 million in cash up front, an additional $107 million will be added to the total of the studio meets certain balances. So, I mean, effectively $300 million, Ike acquires Sky Moons. What is Ike? Ike is basically like YouTube in China. So it's really weird that YouTube in China is dropping like serious cash on a random mobile game company. Sky Moon is known for Seer Superheroes and Legend of the Three Kingdoms. So I'm sure there's a trillion Three Kingdoms games on every platform in China. Ike sees, and I quote, adding game companies to its portfolio as a way to strengthen their media platform. That makes no sense. Why would a mobile game company strengthen your media platform? I don't understand business in China, and this is why I'm not making $190 million selling mobile game companies in China. (laughs) All right, that was fundraising. Let's round off with some quick people news, and then sadly I have some bad news to end with. So, people news. Roblox hire former Activision VP and HBS alum Enrico D'Angelo. He'll be heading up their product as VP of product in the San Mateo studio. Roblox, surprisingly, is making more money than ever, and their game is still ugly, but good for them. Next up, Big Fish hires a new managing director and president, Jeff Karp. Jeff Karp has a long list of credentials. Um, The most important ones being a VP at EA, VP at Zynga, and VP at GSN. Big Fish was recently acquired by Aristocrat. Aristocrat is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, video slots machine giant for real money gaming in Vegas. And uh, I'm pretty sure Big Fish was acquired mainly for their social casino division. No one really cares about their point-and-click adventure games or hidden object games, so... Let's hope Jeff Karp uh, brings in the big fish. I don't know. I don't have a pun to go there. All right. Let's round off with some bad news. So after they launched Defiance 2050, Tryon World lays off 15 people. This is 10 days after the launch of the updated version of Defiance 2050. They lay off 15 people. 10 days. It's not even two weeks. So Tryon pretty much hasn't had a hit. As far as I understand, since they released Rift, and even Rift was kind of like a few-month hit because everyone played it for a few months and then quit and went back to World of Warcraft. <sighs> and it's like, it's hard because I used to work near tri- one of the Tryon Studios in San Diego, and they closed down, and it's just like, it's just like, it's too hard to do MMOs. Whether it's an RPG or a shooter, MMOs require too much in terms of like server, art assets, and content, and like development, and it's just a headache. And for like double A companies like Tryon, it just don't do it. Like, stop doing MMOs. You're going to have to get clever. You're going to have to do something else besides these traditional EverQuest and WoW and planet side like MMOs. And especially MMOs based like story driven, like Defiance, like. You can't do it. You don't have the money. You don't have the team. You don't have the name. No one's begging for a new Defiance MMO. You know, like, God, it's just hard. <laughs> you know, the Warhammer MMO didn't even last that long. Warhammer, that's a huge IP. Uh, poor, def- poor trying. Poor trying. They keep trying on, <laughs> but they're not going to succeed. 
because MMOs are too expensive. Oh, well. <laughs> that was a terrible pun. I'm sorry, guys. All right. I'm Eric McConnell. That's it for this week in games. Check back next week. And as always, stay gaming. All right. See you guys next week.